0: Jurassic Park 3 minutes we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, one minute at a time. I'm Brad.
1: I'm Dave.
0: And this week we're back to discuss Minute 28 of Jurassic Park 3. But before we get to there, David, we are rapidly becoming the Todd Marks Appreciation Society. <laughs> he's, <laughs> um, he's posted up another video this week of uh, a behind-the-scenes shot. It's only, I think it's only about 20 seconds long or something, but uh, behind-the-scenes of uh, Eddie and, or Ian Malcolm and... Um, no, I'll try again. Jeff Goldblum and Richard Schiff uh, rehearsing the lines when um, Malcolm's trying to point and touch the GPS and Eddie's telling him to stay away, but they're actually beside the trailer rehearsing the lines.
1: Yeah, this is from a deleted scene of... um, what was it? it was the deleted scene where the whole Hammond's team is just kind of setting up their camp and setting up the equipment... And then it would have, yeah, it would have cut to the lead scene where we see them all kind of debating on whether or not to split up or not, which we've talked about previously.
0: Yeah, because Nick wants to split up and <laughs> Ian's like, no, that's not a good idea.
1: Yeah, he's like, automatically, no, 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 we're not doing it. <laughs> uh,
0: But it does give us a, a good look at that GPS unit as well as Eddie's sort of holding and then he passes off to Malcolm as he walks away off screen and... And you can see Spielberg there with them too sort of going through the lines
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a rehearsal shot but it's really interesting just because I mean we don't actually have any footage of this scene but we have enough screen caps in it there where well, I assume it exists someplace it has to
0: yeah between production photos I'm pretty sure even the uh one of the tops cards for the lost world where it has the uh that production shot of the trailers, I think uh, Malcolm's in it with. It's got mm-hmm. its lights on as they're um, parking the trailers. So yeah, there's got to be film, film somewhere those negatives were taken from to, for the production shots.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I figure anyway. I mean, there's just too many stills from the scene for it not to exist out there somewhere.
0: Mm. And at the rate these videos are coming out, we might actually see, see something more of it in the next few weeks. But it's um it's just great to see again, continuing to see. Behind the scenes stuff and stuff we've never seen before from the Lost World come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Todd posting it up on his YouTube channel, so we'll um, we'll post links in the group with that as the week goes on.
1: Mister Kirby, tell me, when you climbed K two, did you base camp at twenty five or thirty thousand feet? Thirty thousand feet. We're we're pretty close to the top. You're about a thousand feet above it, actually. No, no, that's a common mistake.
0: All right. Ready to get into today's minute? Sure. Alright. As when the minute of Jurassic Park 3, Alan had punched Paul in the face and told him that he'd better do some explaining. Grant then asks them, why me? And Paul replies that Udesky said they should get someone that's been on the island before. Udesky notes, I didn't tell you to kidnap anyone. At the 7 second mark, Grant drops the bombshell, I've never been on this island. Paul says, sure you have, you wrote that book. Billy corrects him, that was Isla Nublar. this is Isla Sauna, Site B. Nudeski Comet V asks, there's two islands with dinosaurs? At the 26 second mark, Alan calls Billy over to have a private conversation, and tells him to go back to the plane, salvage what we can, and then we head for the coast. Paul, hearing this, steps up and says, we're not leaving without our son. Alan responds, well you can go and look for him. Well you can come with us, as long as you don't slow us down. Either way, you probably won't get off this island alive. Dun dun dun. And as the minute ends, Alan and Billy walk off into the jungle. Udesky, Paul, and Amanda come together. And Paul asks Udesky, So, what do we do now? Udesky replies, We look for your son. In the direction that they're going. As we open on minute 28, we get Paul explain why Alan. And he sort of says, He said we need someone that's been on the island. Obviously, Alluding to Udeski had told him, if you're going, you need someone that's been there and knows the lay of the land. But uh, Udesky jumped straight in. He said, yes, but I, I did not tell you to kidnap anybody.
1: Then Grant's like, I've never been on this island.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a minor detail that's pretty important not to get right.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of makes me wonder who they were already approached to where they kind of basically had to kidnap Grant to get here. So I mean, I'm wondering if they're like they approached Ian Malcolm at some point, and he's like, "No, absolutely not. No, no, go out out of my door."
0: <laughs> but I could see him then ringing the authorities and say, "Hey, this guy's going to go down there. Can you stop him? <laughs> Save him from his own stupidity?" Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that could be that. But yeah, you do wonder how many other times he's pulled out that fake checkbook or <laughs> that checkbook mm-hmm. to write numbers. Just does make you wonder how many how many others from the islands that um or from nublar or sauna <laughs> obviously he's they're not aware of the second island when when we get to the script and novel he's sort of he's the one that's saying there's two islands not yudeski so
1: mm-hmm. well it's also interesting because then you uh they ask well so wait there's two islands for dinosaurs and they kind of avoid answering that question which is really interesting because then we get every the whole fandom uh between 2001 and 2015 pretty much the, most of the fandom assumed that the that Isla nublar had been abandoned and all of the dinosaurs just forgotten or destroyed or dead and then we get twenty and then 2015 in Jurassic world comes out and we find out oh the island's alive oh they built a new park on it
0: Hmm. Yeah, especially especially reading through the Lost World novel at the moment too, just how, not how well, but how InGen being bankrupt and no longer around helps the island be isolated, helps, um, <laughs> helps the world forget about the sort of incidents that happen there, whereas here you've still got InGen, yes, by the Lost World, they're going to try to get some money, but post post Senate's sort of come out publicly and everyone's gonna know about which does it's always been that big question, what what the hell's going on or happened on you, Blar and mm. they've 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 said sort of what's what's been happening there in, in later on in the franchise, so some of those questions have been answered. A lot haven't <laughs> Well
1: it's always been interesting. I think a lot of fans would enjoy and this is just stepping aside from the minute for a while, that they would enjoy a I'm not really sure if you would call it like a side series or a between quill. Something that would tell us what happened how they set up Isla Nublar as for Jurassic World and all that. Of course I know lots of fans would also enjoy a prequel to the first Jurassic Park seeing the seeing the creation of Jurassic Park, the fall of Isla Sorna, that kind of first moment when we see Hammond's Eyes light up when a live dinosaur hatches out of an egg.
0: It's
1: mm. like we've done it, and Wu has like kind of this—it's alive moment, you know.
0: Yeah, there's constantly, constantly discussion about that on the fan groups, and it's um, I know there's a lot of, lot of discussion too, where especially with the Lost World, a lot of fans or people that really love Jurassic Park dislike the Lost World because of the second island coming in, and I know. Uh, Kyle and Brody over on Jurassic Park Minute they'd discussed that where they would like would have liked to see the sequel go and they would have liked to see like that abandoned amusement park. It can still be a dark film but be be set on, on on Nublar post the uh post the fall of the park. But you could probably fit something in there but then you've you've always got that problem of well here we are back on now getting chased by dinosaurs and mm-hmm. You could you could do some smart writing and and add add more human villains and not have the dinosaurs be as villainous, just have them being dinosaurs and getting in the way and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But even even just a novel of Woo cleaning the island up, all that sort of stuff, just the backstory there, instead of a couple of paragraphs here on a, fan, on a marketing site and mm. what may have been included in that Claire book novel, which I don't think was a lot.
1: If that is something I would like to see in the Jurassic, next Jurassic Park movie is the dinosaurs acting like dinosaurs and not like, you know, like monsters,
0: you know? Yeah, well, it sort of goes back to Back of the future. Back to the Future. I remember Bob Gale said if you had to, if the time machine DeLorean was um, the way to solve the problem, then you've failed at telling the story or something. Like, it should be just the MacGuffin to get you into the story, uh, mm-hmm. and then you should have sort of that, that classic one one instance or incidents leading into another and just when you think you're getting ahead something else happens to sh- shoot you down again where same with Jurassic Park, like if you're or the franchise, if you're telling a story and you're relying on the dinosaurs to be a key part of that story as villains instead of just being dinosaurs mm-hmm. and hindering the story then that's sort of where where the later franchise has gone where no we're gonna have blue come in and save the day because not because it's just a raptor in a building that finds Hoskins, but no, it's going to remember him from earlier and be a character and mm. and kill Hoskins pretty brutally and the fan's supposed to say, yay.
1: <laughs> I don't even mind them so much being characters, just not saving the day all the time or being like straight villains all the time, you know? In the original Jurassic Park movies, the dinosaurs were like a force in nature. They are like a wind. In the same way that John Carpenter describes Michael Myers as an evil wind, I describe the dinosaur as, as a wind. There is a force of nature. Yeah. You, a wind is can neither be good nor evil. It just exists. And what happens within that wind is what makes I, what it's like a hurricane. It's not that the wind blows. It's what the wind blows. Mm. You know. If that makes any sense, it's not the it's not the fact that the wind is dangerous. It's the fact that the things that the wind does is dangerous.
0: Yeah, and case in point, you can see a lot of photos of objects impaled into palm trees. <laughs> and exactly. Like that. yeah. And that's
1: not through any fault of the wind itself, it just happened to be there. It's a like chaos, it just, it's circumstance.
0: Yep. Yep, so if you're standing in front of a tyrannosaur, then you're going to get eaten. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I suppose going, continue on the book theme a little bit here too, Paul steps forward and says, sure you have, you wrote that book, which now sort of raises some more questions. We'd sort of discussed back when Alan was doing that lecture if he'd, um, if he'd gone after sort of money by selling his story after the San Diego incident and everything come out. Um, we knew he had a book written before Jurassic Park and as Eric will say later, he liked dinosaurs back then, whereas now we see Ian's book in Jurassic World, which seems to be a post-Lost World novel, just because of the uh, image they use on the back of it, or the front of it. But um, it seems here that Alan may have may have wrote a novel as well, post Jurassic Park, because they say... Uh, uh, Amanda comes forward a little bit later and says, um, Still, you survive you, oh, you have survived dinosaurs before. You saved those kids, which sort of points to the fact that he wrote about Tim and Lex in the mm-hmm. uh, in that novel, in that book as well. So, I wonder if he did sort of write out a a, a Jurassic Adventure <laughs> book telling his telling his uh, exploits on this Nublar.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that would be interesting. A book about Alan Grant. uh what he was doing right right up to Jurassic Park, and then his adventures on the island, bringing the kids back, and then ending with him leaving it, I think they could sell a lot of copies. Don't
0: and, you? Yeah, and we, we talked earlier about whether or not he's actually got PSD in this film, and or has had it in the past, and that might be why he and Ellie split. Well, if he's trying to deal with it, then writing writing about it may, may be a help as well, but oh, I'm not a psychologist, so that might be the wrong thing to do, but it seems... Seems like that's something you would do, and yeah, if there's um if there's a book there, obviously with the success of Jurassic World, people were clamouring to see dinosaurs, and I'm sure, in a post Lost World, uh, world they would have uh, would have been wanting to read all about the dinosaurs, how they come back to life, and all about Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and getting back to the main. Um, film that Paul says sure you yeah, have you wrote that book we get that shot from behind Grand and he's got blood all over his jacket which mm. sort of could allude to earlier in the um, in the script as we were saying in previous minutes where he was supposed to get covered in blood during the Trenosaur and Spinosaur fight
1: mm. I didn't consider. I never considered that I don't think I ever really noticed how much blood he had on him
0: yeah because it's it's a lot and especially being on the outside of that jacket it's um yeah it's a lot of blood to be his wound even if it was getting tossed around inside the plane, it would sort of allude to him copping some blood from the Tyrannosaur when the two were fighting. But but Billy says that was Isla's new blood. This is Isla sauna, Site B. And an injured Udesky sort of asks a rhetorical question, you mean there are two dinosaurs, or there are two islands with dinosaurs on them? And I love here too how he's still got the, um, he's got a knife there on his combat vest. He's got the empty oh, he's got the ammunition clips in his vest as well, which are useless at this point, but he's still got that knife there, which might be useful later, but But both Paul and Amanda jump in here and shoot your desky down and tell him to be quiet, which is sort of interesting. They paid him to be in <laughs> and look after him, yet they're telling him to shut up, basically. And then Alan asks how long have they been missing and the two sort of look at each other and Paul says eight weeks, which that's a long time beyond this island I think the longest time we've ever had a story on these islands is about two days <laughs> so mm-hmm. and Alan blinks a few times and sort of calls Billy over for a private chat and tells him we'll go back and salvage what we can from the plane then we make for the coast um, but the conversation isn't so private because Paul puts his foot down and says Dr Grant we aren't leaving we've had our son. and Grant pretty much then tells him how they are well you can go back and look for him or he can stick with us as long as you don't hold us up. Either way, he probably won't get off this island alive. He's dealt with the dinosaurs once before and only got out by the skin of his teeth and now here he is, no weapons. <laughs> he hasn't got his shotgun like he did in the first film. And we get that sort of ominous music play over as Billy and Grant turn and walk away off into that uh, that large jungle set soundstage. <laughs> Actually,
1: this is a, uh, on location. Oh. Yeah, this one was... I forget the location, but this one was on location and this scene anyway was shot on location okay it's near uh, it's like right in the same spot they filmed the uh where they find the parasail
0: Ah, oh, okay and uh, as they walk away Udesky sh- slowly walks over to the Kirby's and they're expecting answers Paul asks so what do we do and as the minute ends Udesky says we look for your son and <laughs> the next minute we get the the end of the line which is fantastic In the direction they're heading as you see them sort of... uh, You see Grant and Billy walking off into the jungle. (laughs) But uh, that'll be for later on in the week. Looking briefly at the script and novel comparisons, after Yudiski asks... Or says, there are two islands. There's a little bit of extra dialogue. Amanda says, still, uh, you have survived dinosaurs before. You saved those kids, which we mentioned before. Uh, Grant responds, a few of us survived. A lot more died. uh, And we were better prepared and better armed. Uh, and then he goes into ask how long they've been missing, which I was meant to do the numbers before. In Jurassic Park, we lost Nedry, Gennaro. I'm not going to include Jet Joffrey in that because he died before they were at the park. Mm-hmm. And Ray Arnold. So you lose three, three there. No, oh, Muldoon, so four. Then you have the two kids, Grant Ellis. So you got five that survived, so... mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: They didn't really re rewatch the film before they wrote that bit mm-hmm. of dialogue.
1: And technically I don't think Injun ever counts Nedry among the dead because they never knew they never found his body and never knew if he actually got off the island or not.
0: No, no, and that goes back to that boardroom scene that we um mm-hmm. we've talked about before as well. Yeah, no, Nedri in the uh, the payouts. And from memory in the novel too, it's um Dodson never knows what Nedry's ultimate fate was—he'd always—he'd assi- always assumed he took the money and ran.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So yeah, that, I found that interesting. And I wouldn't say they will better prepared and better armed. though <laughs> that whole uh, final act of Jurassic Park—they're sort of—they're lucky enough to get a shotgun that's only got five rounds or eight rounds in it. Then that's what all they got to get to the heli- helipad. Yeah,
1: true. But to be fair, the. They did ha- in the uh, bunker they had multiple shotguns mm. as well as some m sixteens as well
0: yeah, yep,
1: plus they had the um the uh, gas powered jeeps and that could get them pretty much anywhere on the island, and that probably causes being better prepared
0: plus they did get the system the security systems back on which would have gave them electric fences. For the ones that yeah. are damaged, so they could contain, for the most part, contain the raptors and contain what uh, had already been out once the fences and the door locks had been reactivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, except it just wanted to come through the glass. Um, after they say eight weeks, Billy and Grant sort of look at each other speechless and sort of, it's mentioned that it may, may as well be eight years, which, again, as we said before, eight weeks is a long time. And Grant sort of tells him, After all you've seen today, do you really think your son's still alive? And Amanda replies, He's smart Doctor Grant and he knows much about dinosaurs, which Yes, you might have some info. Even us, we we know a bit about dinosaurs, but being dropped in the middle of the jungle <laughs> apart from apart from yes, the trying to evade predators and that you've still gotta be lucky to survive. Like we see later how Eric sort of manages to find himself somewhere to hide and pulls some resources, but if he was dropped anywhere else on the island he probably wouldn't have made it to the lab to start with. Mm-hmm. It sort of just reminds me again in the novel how Richard Levine, being such an expert on the animals, goes to the island and still gets himself into stupid situations, even trying to yeah. get bitten by a compie. <laughs> and then Grant sort of puts his hand up before anyone can say and again he raises his hand and he wants everyone to just to shut up while he plans their next move. He then responds, No, I'm sorry, but no. We'll salvage what we can from the plane, then we head for the coast. There may be a boat there may be a boat left. And that's that's how it's written in the script and the novel too, so I don't know what <laughs> I think it should be there should there may be some of the boat left that crashed in the uh at the start of the film, but something to get us off the island, he says. Which it seems like he's planning to go back and try and find the boat that they got to the island on. Mm-hmm. Um, and not something left behind by engine. Yeah.
1: Because
0: again, at this at this point too, apart from the uh, apart from the airstrip, they don't know that anything's been abandoned or left behind. Everything could be stripped for as far as I know. But it's also, it was also good there where it's just Alan's nut. He's sort of nearly doing that that Ian Malcolm thing. He knows the situation they're in, and no, nah, we can't do it. There's it's the chances of him being alive is so slim. If if we even need to well have to survive, then we've got to get to the coast and hope we can get there in one piece. Yeah. In the novel, when Paul learns that there are two islands, he looks at Udesky and says in a low voice, I didn't know there were two islands. So again, that dialogue in the novel was uh, Paul's and not Udesky's. And after explaining how he survived, New or Alan looks into Paul's and Amanda's eyes and sees how desperate they are. And for a moment, Alan tries to put himself in their shoes. If he and Ellie had remained together, if Charlie had been his son, he might have gone to any lengths to get them back, Um, and then he asks them how many days they had been missing. So it's interesting that the novel calls back on that relationship, calls back on Charlie, and, um, and has sort of Alan thinking to himself if he was still with Ellie there and if he was in the same situation, which I thought was interesting. Anything else, Nat, you want to add?
1: I uh, just want to mention how the music, when he says you probably won't get off this island alive. <laughs>
0: it's just so
1: cliché. It's... Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's not like that bad, but it's
0: in the same vein of it. Mm. But that's uh, that's Minute 28, Dave. Anything else to add before we get heavy for the day? No, yeah,
1: I think we're
0: good. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is... JurassicMinutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram?
1: Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is this how you make dinosaurs. No. This is how. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on
0: Earth or Heaven could get me on that island.
1: You deskie. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to Mommy now! It's the, it's the dinosaur man! Okay.